Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. It is great to be with you as always. Uh, if you happen to miss that last segment with uh, my good friend, uh, Reverend Teresa Deer uh, from Chicago, um, make sure you go back to the uh, KSL News Radio app, uh, powered by our friends at uh, Any Hour Services, and uh, you want to listen to that. Uh, she's helping lay down a real critical conversation, and some of that's just uncomfortable, and that's okay. Uh, remember that the thing that we're after, the thing that we're trying to get to is the difference between insight and insight. Anybody can incite anger and fear and frustration. Anybody can do that. But it takes someone who's really committed to change and progress to be humble enough, to listen enough, uh, to get to the insight uh, that's really going to help us move forward. Uh, really pleased to be joined now by someone who always helps me get to the insight. Uh, that's the editor of the Deseret News, King of News Guy, Doug Wilkes. Uh, Doug, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. Good to be with you again. So uh, as you've continued to, to track the news uh, over the last week, obviously we have this really interesting parallel universe going between all things uh, COVID-19 that uh, had really absorbed and uh, and overwhelmed uh, a lot of the, the news for over two months now. Uh, and then you had this increasing unrest uh, around the nation that we've been watching. We saw some of that spill over into the streets here in uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, tell us, where. what's your perspective in terms of where are we uh, in this whole process? Where do you think we are? Where do you think we go next? You know, the interesting thing is you can't treat this like one thing ends and the next thing begins. We have a lot of things happening now, and we need to um, pay attention to each one of them. In our care facilities, for example, um, if one person gets sick with COVID-19, it tends to multiply to 3 to 9 to 24 um, and they have to be incredibly diligent, and we can't get distracted by uh, the need to protect ourselves. Um, the effort by uh, Mayor Mendenhall to have a curfew in downtown Salt Lake City at 8 o'clock, um, some have criticized that, uh, but that allows law enforcement to peaceably be there with protesters, and then it gives them a tool to peaceably, uh, peaceably get the uh, folks off the street. So there are tools being used, and we need to respect those tools and try and move forward. But it is a, a very difficult time as we assess uh, policing tactics. We assess our own attitudes uh, toward um, all people, racism, and certainly uh, fighting a pandemic. Yeah. You know, as, as we've been talking about these uh, these two words today, insight and insight, uh, you had a, a really interesting video go up on uh, Deseret News yesterday. Uh, tell us just a little bit about about that? You know, the video starts out with Lex Scott of, of Utah's Black Lives Matter. 
Actually, and let me, let me play that. I've, nice. I've actually got the sound for that, Doug. Let me let me play that, and I'll let you uh, pick oh, it up great. from there. This is uh, again. Great. This is uh, uh, Lex Stone from uh, Utah's Lex Black Scott. Lives. Scott, excuse me, from uh, Utah's Black Lives Matter. When they do violence, it comes back on Black Lives Matter, and I'm not having it tonight. I just did eight hours of damage control for the last protest when I've been working for six years for police reform. Yeah, Doug, respond to that. Well, so um, we had um, our reporter, Jeff Parrott, um, and our uh, videographer, Rex Warner, speak with her. And she was out there. She did not want to see a repeat of what happened in Salt Lake City Saturday night. There's a very important message. And to your point, inciting violence takes away from gaining insight into what is occurring. Um, we had there was one protester on Monday night that hopped on top of a National Guard uh, Humvee and people immediately pulled him down and said, look, don't do that. So you had learning going on from Saturday to Monday. Um, and I think it's been very wonderful to see that video is uh, is very insightful in its own way. Yeah, I thought Jeff uh, Parrott just did a fabulous job uh, navigating around and again, making sure we're getting to the the learning, to the listening uh, and to and to what the path is in terms of going forward and not letting uh, those who do want to stir up mischief or use it for their own benefit uh, from from getting in the way. Uh, Doug, you've been watching this both from a national perspective, but then always, you know, with the Utah perspective in mind and, and from a journalism standpoint in terms of getting to the truth uh, is, is always the, the real key. Get, describe to us some of the challenges in reporting uh, in this kind of environment. Well, um, usually if you're at a, a situation that could grow into violence, a riot, um, that's not new. It's dangerous. And our reporters and photographers try to prepare for that. But when you also have the risk of COVID-19, um, you have to take the, the underlying health issues, uh, the risk factors for the staff as well. And that's a daily conversation for us. Um, our photo staff has been amazing in the images they've captured, the work they've done. Um, but they're also, <laughs> on Saturday, uh, one of our photographers uh, Spencer Heaps uh, was out take, taking pictures and then he had to go back quickly and disinfect every bit of his equipment and then go back out again. Wow. So that's something you're not usually trying to do. But one of the interesting points, what I wanted to bring up is in addition to racism in this national conversation that is brewing, you also have a conversation about policing and police tactics. Community policing has been around since the 1960s. It really gained traction in the 90s. And somehow we became more sort of militaristic in our policing. Um, and I think that's also being looked at right now. Um, can we do something different on the police force? Yeah, it's so important. And, and I think the interesting thing, too, you know, as, as so many around the country and here in Utah call for, you know, an audit of the tactics or the strategies or the systems, the cultures within different, you know, police entities. Uh, I, on one hand, you can say, well, wait, we got, we've got to support those brave women and brave men who are out there uh, keeping us safe. Uh, and to me, that transparency uh, to me is the ultimate show of confidence uh, that we do have people who are, are doing it right or who are willing to change uh, anything that may not be going as well as it should. Well, absolutely. And that work has to happen when things aren't so stressful and agitated. Um, the police chief of Salt Lake City has had a strong relationship with Calvary Baptist Church here in Salt mm -hmm. Lake City. 
And so over those six years of relationship building and conversation and trust, they know each other. So the day after the protest on um, the violent protest on Saturday, he had a video message already prepared to run with the pastor, uh, Moses, Pastor Moses, um, for that church. That's that's where we need to be so that you can when things go bad and sometimes they will, you at least have the relationship to overcome it. Yeah. And it is all about relationships. I, it, it was one of the things uh, we had uh, mayor Mendenhall in for an editorial board. I think it was uh, the day after she had been sworn in uh, and we were having just a, a fascinating conversation. And uh, Reverend Moses was just being put in as the new leader of, of the Baptist church there. And uh, I thought it was brilliant and exciting uh, for Mayor Mendenhall to immediately invite you, Doug, as the editor of the Deseret News, to to join her and go to that community uh, and welcome Reverend Moses into the community. And I think it was a good experience for you. Well, that was I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, my wife, uh, Christiana, and I went um, and we met the mayor there and we met the new. Uh, that was his first uh, Sunday preaching and we, we met him. And what that does is that's that's a wonderful community building event. And if uh, Mayor Mendenhall has an issue with the Deseret News, she picks up the phone or texts me and says, Doug, what are you doing? And likewise, if I need to reach out to her, we have that. Yeah. Uh, and I guess we have Calvary Baptist to be a mediator if we need that too, right? <laughs> but, um, but those are good experience. And that's what being a part of a community is. And that's why we don't want to burn down the community. Yeah. That's why people are out there saying, look, raise your voice, protest. That's an American right. But it's not an American right to turn over a cop car, set it on fire. Yeah, absolutely. So many lessons to be learned. So many critical conversations to have. We're going to continue to have those in the pages of the Deseret News and online and here on KSL News Radio. Doug Wilkes, editor of the Deseret News, king of news guy. Thanks for joining us today. Always appreciate your insight. Thanks, Boyd. If you're going to keep saying that, I need a hat with that on. We're going to put Kong, King of News Guy, is awesome. See you later. All right, that's Doug Wilkes. All right, we'll step aside. Final break. When we come back. We're going to continue to explore these two words, insight and insight. Find it on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.